Welcome to Off The Cut, a podcast where we talk about building, making, and answering all of your questions. I'm Eric from Spensley Design Co. And I'm Zach from Zach Builds. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, you can send it to offthecutpodcast at gmail.com. You can find both of us on YouTube, Instagram, and unfortunately, because we have to keep up with kids, you can find us on TikTok too. All right, now let's get into the show. Howdy, folks. Welcome. I didn't like that. I'm going to restart. Do <laughs> uh, over. Pause, pause, pause. Welcome to Off the Cut. Epi- that sounded better. Episode 81. We're up in Toronto. Today is known as Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. But here in Ohio, today is respectfully dedicated to the food of the day. Ants on a log. Oh. Well, that's a throwback. Yum, yum, yum. yum. Uh, I don't think I've had ants on a log you know, since I was four years old or whatever, but I remember it being quite yummy. Something about the combination. I could, I could do without the ants. I could just go uh, yeah. peanut butter oh, yeah. right on celery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like, so for anybody who doesn't know what this is, it's, it's celery stocks that you, you fill with peanut butter and then they put um, raisins on top of them. Right. And I feel like the raisins are, are only there for that one mom Mm-hmm. That was just like you know, you got to add a little, got to add a little healthiness to it. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. For for some reason, like, and I'm sure raisins are just pure sugar. Oh, but yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but people for some reason had this perception of them that they were healthy, but they're just like little compact clusters of sugar. Did you have the thing like growing up in like your lunchroom? They gave you like the little nerds box size of raisins. (laughs) I was going to ask about this. I was like, is this just a regional Canadian thing or is this like everywhere? Derek, what's the uh, like the name brand of raisins that everybody had? They had a little like lady sunbeam. Yeah, I believe so. Is that the lady with the little dress and like the basket and stuff? Yes. Sunmade. Uh, Sunmade. Sunmade. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I love when things are universal like that. Like we all grew up thousands of miles or kilometers apart, and we still right. had the same stupid raisins. <laughs> so this is—I've always had. Here's a conspiracy for you. Mm-hmm. I think that food lobbyists get mm-hmm. in with the education programs. hundred percent. And are like like big milk. Do you yeah. remember how big of a deal milk was? Like you couldn't get a school lunch without getting your little carton of milk. That's right. You know how much those there must be in a boardroom meeting where all of the guys there and girls, but realistically, it's, it was guys because it was like the nineties and eighties. Yeah, it's late eighties. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were probably all high five and like, yeah, we got the school board contract. <laughs> That's like guaranteed sales. Ad infinitum, like forever. All right. They must have been so psyched on it. What other like weird things do you recall like every school having? So we had raisins. I guess mm-hmm. that's a little weird. You had oh, milk. The, <laughs> the day you got chicken nuggets, mashed potatoes, and that roll, and you can make the little sandwich. Oh, that was the day yeah. In school. <laughs> oh. Um, did you guys have like the book fair where they would oh, come? Oh, baby. With like a sheet, yeah. and you would like select oh. which books you get all the goosebumps books, and then they would be Let's delivered be- like a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Oh, it would took forever. Yeah, and it was a long time. And the thing is, like, I was actually actually asking my parents about that whole book fair thing, 
those books were crazy expensive. It was oh, way yeah, cheaper sure. to buy them anywhere else. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But did the, you, the, but you had the one kid that would come with like this garbage bag full of books <laughs> and you're like, man, I got like one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had the cheap parents. So I was, it was not uh, a long list of books that I'd be ordering. I mean like one, if I was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the craziest thing about those book fair things is, like, they were not educational books. No. They were just, like, fun. Like, I guess they were just psyched that the kids were reading. Yeah, any read. about Yeah, but they were not even remotely educational. They were, like, about dolls that came to life and killed people. Well, you always had the one nerd in your class that would be like, I'm going to get all 27 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica and pay $14,000 for them. And like yeah. Zach and I are just grabbing goosebumps books. I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs and being like, I'm just going to wait until somebody invents Wikipedia and then you're going to look like an ooh, idiot. <laughs> ooh, so yeah. I always bought the movie posters whenever I got money for the book fair oh, our they book had fair, movie posters yeah our book fair they had everything out so you just went in there and you picked up what you wanted and you no bought way. it and they had wow well they had movie posters but they had posters for like uh cartoon characters and sure uh i think at the time nasa's um discovery rocket i believe was a Ooh. really popular one mm-hmm. so they had posters of that and stuff so oh, insidious i like... just thought of the name hold on okay yeah was your scholastic yes, yes. it was and you know what? Here's here's a Still very it's so there is a scholastic headquarters that was very close to my uh, to my first apartment that I got out of university. And I swear to you, this was the nicest building on the block. Right downtown Toronto, it was like primo real estate. It was all glass, exposed wood beams inside. It looked like something out of Cupertino, California. And it was all yeah. built on the backs of just little school children begging. Up. <laughs> yeah, little school children begging their parents for money for Goosebumps books. Well, I mean, it was the same thing with like, we've got um, it's the big textbook manufacturer. Oh uh, yeah, textbooks another big Mc, uh, Mc, McGraw something. Yeah, McGraw yeah. Hill, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is that a country singer? It could be well, man, both. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. it, right? I'm not well versed in that genre. Um, yeah, we've got like a McGraw Hill. I don't know if it's like their main headquarters or just some huge building that's uh, in like northeast Columbus. That building is wild. Like it is super nice. Yeah, and well, I mean that's what happens when you have to go pick up your stupid chemistry 101 book, and they're like, oh, it's nine hundred dollars. Did you ever do the thing where you bought the last year's edition of your textbook? You know, like I just all... stop buying textbooks. Oh, really? Because uh-huh. I, I went to uh, so I went to business school, and we had these stupid codes that would come in the textbook. So you buy the textbook, yeah, yeah. and it would give you a digital code that would allow you to access this online portal for taking quizzes yeah. online. That was so you a scam. Had to buy them. It, yeah, such a scam. <sighs> Don't get me started about that. No, the whole thing was a scam. Oh, I had a couple. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Derek, you go first. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, whenever I went back to school, um, I didn't go right out of high school. Um, I got work in um, a manufacturer, and they paid uh-huh. for my school. 
So oh. whenever I went back to school, they paid for all the books and everything. Oh, that's nice. And whenever I was done with them, I was able to turn around and sell them for a profit. So I actually made money going to school. <laughs> I know we have a rule on the show, like no political rants. So I'll keep this very, uh, very uh, anonymous, I suppose. But in Canada, there was a party that platformed on this idea of that they would give every university student a you know, $1,000 or whatever it was at the mm. start of every school year in order to help with textbook costs. Okay. Um, and three, so... all know we would just pocket that money for beer. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously. But, you know, I was a young, impressionable kid. So I was like, okay, I will vote for this party. Sure. They won. They got in power. And the first thing they did was just renege on that promise. <laughs> That's politics <laughs> for you. I know. And I was like, okay, <laughs> lesson learned at a very young age. <laughs> I, when I was Googling, trying to figure out if if it was the Scholastics book club thing, mm -hmm. one not the first thing, but the second thing that came up was Scholast. This New York Times article from 2009 said Scholastic accused of misusing book clubs, and that there was um, I'm distilling multiple paragraphs down real quickly, so it probably isn't the best English, but something along the lines of parents were upset, made some sort of coalition and tried to ban them because it was really just a front for selling toys, games, makeups, and un and other items under the guise of a literary book club. Yeah. Yep. Which is yep. 100%. I was going to ask you guys, do you remember looking on there and like wanting to get like the secret agent, like watch with the calculator and like oh, yeah. the glasses that you could see behind you and like stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> it was the same stuff that was like at the back of comic books. Yeah. Just yeah, like yeah. Exactly. clearly didn't work, but it cost $5 and it cost 50, it cost the kid $5, but it cost 30 cents to make or whatever. Or like a, one of those like carb. So what is it? <sighs> baking soda, baking powder, like rockets or whatever you oh, throw it in there and little, like mm -hmm. little plastic rocket goes like 50 feet in the air. Like let's be yeah. real. That was all I was there for. I didn't <laughs> want to read. Yeah, yeah, I hated reading practical science experiments. So, so did, you guys never read as kids, really? Did you like? Was it because it was forced upon you? You're like not really yeah. interested. 100%. I I got like little spurts of reading. I think when I was young, I read like the first few Harry Potter books, mm -hmm. um, and there were a few other kind of like fantasy esque books that I got into, but. You know, from age zero to 19, I probably read like 10 books of yeah. my own volition. <laughs> yeah. You would say that you've read more books in the last two to three years than you've read your entire childhood. Well, define read because I'm an audiobook guy, right? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you include audiobooks, oh, yeah, I've, I read easily a dozen books a year now because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I get one audiobook every month and I always read right. it or listen to it. I definitely read more now, too. And um, I got to say, because she's going to kill me if I don't, my grandma, she was a librarian and oh. she encouraged us to read and I did read for her. Okay. Okay. Although, you know what? There was a window. Do we include getting read bedtime stories as a child? Because that throws the number completely out the window. I don't, I, I mean, I don't really remember that as a kid. Yeah. I'm not saying my parents didn't, but I don't remember. You don't remember Dr. Remember. Seuss? 
Not really. Okay. Okay. My parents. I, I, I mean, uh, my parents didn't get me light up shoes. You that's know? like tantamount to child abuse. That's what I say. I mean, I can't rem- think of a lot of other things I can complain about, but I'm definitely going to complain about that one, and I still do. You could get light up shoes now. You're an adult. Do they make adult light up shoes? That for sure they do. And also, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but you have a DIY YouTube channel. Yeah. You could potentially make your own light up shoes. Oh my! I can get a pair of, and I also never got Heelys. I can get a pair. I never of got Heelys. Yeah. Of I, light up Heelys. Light up Heelys. Oh, no. they're youth sizes. Damn. Oh, you can get shoes. <laughs> oh, just they about go anything to, now. They go up to twelve men's. Twelve men's. I'm right. buying these. They're eighty dollars. Done. Now, if you the want to make the eighties, if you want to make the eighties child and you're happy, I've seen. Uh, recently, they have Ninja Turtle shoes and Back okay. to the Future and Ghostbusters shoes that you can get. Okay. No. I want to get yeah. a pair of the Reebok pumps. The ones with like oh, the yeah. basketball on the tongue and you can pump up the shoe a little bit. Do you know that those go- made a resurgence in yeah. the hockey world in like 2010, 2015? For your, skates? Your skates. Oh. Yeah. I thought everybody was big on those skates that you put in the oven and then put on your feet and it kind of like shapes. Oh, that, those are all skates now. Oh, really? I'd rather walk into oncoming traffic than not have a pair of skates molded. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I talked to, I had this client and he had a son who was, you know, some junior A level hockey player or something sure. like that. And he would go and have his foot 3d scanned. Yeah. Before he would order a set of skates and they would like uh-huh. make it through his foot. Yeah, you can get custom ones now pretty easily. Yeah? Wow. But I mean, you're talking like at least $1,000. Yeah, so I talked to my friend about skates, and he was like, oh yeah, $800, $900, pretty common for easy." Oh yeah. I was like, what? Do they not just have like generic $120 skates anymore, though? They do. So think of it kind of like good, uh, they have like a good, better, best, right? Yes. So like same with tennis shoes, right? You can go pot, buy a $30 pair of Nikes. You can mm-hmm. do- buy a $50. You can buy a $75. $125, $150, $200, 250 300 They're all running shoes made by Nike. But like the quality and the comfort and the fit that you're giving, mm-hmm. getting is drastically different. So they have that with, with hockey stuff as well. Okay, okay. I just wanted to be sure because my friend was talking like the average price of a new set of skates is seven to $800. It depends where you get in. I would say it's closer to like four or five. That's still ridiculous to me. As somebody who skates two, three times a year, that's crazy to me. You could get a pair of like rec skates for probably, I don't know, 100, 150 bucks or something. Yeah. Okay. Not going to last you very long. But if you're you're going twice a year, like they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I would never play in them. You only skate a couple times a year. Is there a tool that is equivalently priced that you only use the same amount of time? Ooh. Ooh. So you're uh, saying like a really expensive tool that you're only use once or twice a year. Yeah. But oh. it's 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 perfectly justified because it's a tool. Oh, oh, I had to think about that. I know. You know? We both have it. Okay. The Festool <laughs> Mini Rotex, the RO90 thing. That's true. When you need that thing, you're like, god damn, I'm glad I have it. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's 
it's Festool's Rotex, which is like your gear driven, like crazy sander. But the pat is it two and a half or three and a half inches? It's 30 millimeters. So, yeah, that's like inch. No, that's like two and a half or three inches. Or, no, sorry, it's 90 millimeters. Oh, it, 90 it's millimeters. The Rotex 90, right? So that's Hold probably three and a half inches. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And it's uh, $725 Canadian. I just picked it up. <laughs> we both have it. But like yeah. that, so for anybody, that's like a, a sander that's like the size of like a like a jar of pickles, basically. Like think of like the, <laughs> yeah. if we're going to get into yeah. food analogies, it's, um, it's basically like the cap of like a, like a pickle jar cap. And it, yeah. you're thinking of this and you're like, I'm not paying six, $700 for this thing. But when you need to sand something small, it is amazing. And it has an, another mode where you can put the little triangular attachment on it and like yeah, get into corners and like really. That's where, that's where it's paid off the most American. for me. Yeah. Is that, that, that triangle head, it like, it can get into spots that no other sander can. So, right. Yeah. The only equivalent I've ever seen is an oscillating multi-tool with like a little sander attachment, but yeah. we all know that's not very good. I'm going to go on the books and say that no one regularly actually uses a multi-tool to sand. No. No, you'd be crazy, Sue. It's, it's such a bad experience. I only ever it's, use them to cut. Yeah. Right. You yeah. only sand with it whenever you just need to blow through something. Yeah. And it's yeah, the true. only thing that can fit. There's no yeah. control. No. Yeah. The only time I would ever use it is if I couldn't, if I didn't have access to my Rotex 90 in the shop and I desperately needed to sand something in a corner. Ooh, here's a question for you. Kind of going off of the um, using a multi-tool as a sander, which nobody does. Can you think of any other tools that flaunt capabilities that no one actually uses? Um, hmm. Well, you know, this is not a great answer to your question, okay. but I probably went a good decade of using power tools before I really ever set the clutch on a drill. Oh, I th I thought I was a speed for the longest time. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's speed. Everybody thinks it's speed, right? It's great when you have to assemble IKEA and you don't want to like blow apart the crappy fasteners you get. Um, but, but even the one that, speed is, is, or the one, the level one clutch, that's still that's too true. high. It's a lot. Ikea. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need like a 0.5 setting. So yeah, no, you, you make a good point about like the clutch on drills. I've got the, the, the festival drill thing. One of the newer ones or whatever. It's like the super powerful one. Dude, mm -hmm. it has four speeds. That's too many. You know I'm only using speed one when yeah. I want to go slow and speed four when I'm, you know, give me everything you got. I'm never going to touch speed two and three. I don't, I'm not even intelligent enough to know when I would need to use those speeds. I can't think of an application. Like, either you want the lowest speed and a lot of torque or you want the high speed because you just want to get it done quick. I can't think right. of a scenario where you would want the middle. Right. Yeah. Uh, similarly, that blade adjustment on jigsaws, you know how you can kind of change the camber oh, the of the angle, jigsaw yeah. blade ever so slightly? No. So Okay. That's not actually what that is. No? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, no, go ahead. Proceed. 
Proceed with your Well, grievance. no, now I want to know the truth. Don't let me make an okay. ass of myself in front of the audience. No, that's just to make <laughs> wrongly a... wrongly explain something. I'm going to guess here. That's just to make a more aggressive or less aggressive cut. Am I wrong? I, you're on the right path. All right. Okay. okay. So when it's set, set at zero or perfectly 90, the blade just travels up and down. Mm-hmm. As the more like you tilt it backwards or whatever... What happens is it actually goes back and then forward. So oh. it's it's in like a circular, like oscillating pattern. So what happens mm-hmm. is it comes, it basically travels forward, takes a cut, then moves back, takes another cut and like clears out a bunch of dust. It's much more aggressive and produces a lot more tear out. It's not going to give you okay. as clean of cut, but it's substantially faster. Okay, okay. Well, now I know. I have a reciprocating saw that has that same adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it can just go back and forth, or it can yeah. kind of, you know, do like a... like a uh, An ellipse. Yeah, an ellipse. Yes. I was going to say, you know, the... I don't know what it's called. I don't have the terminology, but that bar of metal that connects the wheels on a train, you know, the kind of movement that that thing well, the, the chugga 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 the chugga 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 yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah well that could be a good title <laughs> yeah the, the one where they go chugga 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 <laughs> i'm writing that one down uh well you know who else doesn't know how to use a uh jigsaw <gasps> patrons or returning top tier patrons oh yeah we've got actually new this week and he's oh. in the live stream right now josh at freedom workshop upgraded to be a top tier patron oh wow thank you josh Much yeah appreciate it. we appreciate it so so our returning top tier patrons are cockers as we like to tell, call them we've got josh at freedom workshop brooke appler grizzly bear woodworks dadu who's also in the live chat as well yes luke sir. schmidt Corey duvall uh i want to give a shout out to Corey too he's i've been asking him questions about scuba stuff, and he's, he's mm-hmm. helping me out. Uh, Jason Price at Priceless Pro Designs, Scott Eastman, EC's Woodshop, Ooh. and of course, the Power Cocker, formerly known as Wes. Which I think there's something going on with, with Patreon because we've got a couple folks that like re signed up. I wonder if people are getting like knocked out and then like joining back up because I had it on my, my own Patreon as well. Yeah. Really. Well, uh, top tier patrons, let us know. Yeah, Send us right. a message, and are you uh, unsigning up and then re-signing, or something going on behind the yeah, scenes? I don't know. Patreon's that about is... as stable as Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah. I, and, and we treat ours well, and unlike I know. you know some other podcasts who bully them <laughs> into re-signing up. I know, I know. Well, the only reason that that podcast that must not be named green suitors available on Apple and Spotify. The only reason they actually get patrons is because they bribe them into these, these giveaways that they do. Right. Oh, I see. But here's the thing. No giveaway. They don't actually give people these prizes Mm -hmm. as Jason. He was texting me the other day and he goes, suckers, people, (laughs) people sign up for a Patreon to get these gift cards and tools and stuff and jokes on them. We don't actually send it to them. And you you guys, come on. You don't want to support a podcast like that. No, sir. No, sir. Those guys are terrible. (laughs) Those guys are terrible. But uh, Zach, tell the people why they want to sign up for our Patreon for the podcast. Well, first of all, if you sign up for the Patreon, you unlock 
the <laughs> after show, yeah, which did. is another podcast in and of itself. We keep saying that we're going to do short ones, but as we were joking about before the show started today, we just go a full hour most of the time. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's spicier content than what you get in the main show. Right. You also get access. You unlock, if you will, there you go. the Discord server where you can uh, chat. We got a lot of uh, talented creators in there. There's like, there's different areas for different points of discussion. You can talk about, you know, there's the dork dungeon where I like to hang out. That's all oh, yeah. the, where we talk about like uh, computers and stuff. There's co a content creation room. There's project show and tell. There's all sorts of fun stuff going on there. And uh, yeah, what else do they unlock? I mean, there's a whole bunch of perks and stuff. But we're talking about reworking those. Yeah, we are. And we, we want to hear people's feedback. We're in the mm -hmm. we're in the works. We want to provide more value for people. And let's be honest. We want to make sure that we have more patrons in the Green Suitors <laughs> podcast. Absolutely. Always important. Always important. It's like, I mean, it's a pretty low bar. Yes, it <laughs> is. Their podcast is, it's abysmal at to say the least. But, you know, it is what it is. I cannot wait till my festival interview comes out and I just bash them. Did you do that this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, nice. I think I oh. did it last week. But that's when I talked to Sedge last week. Okay. But it's not going to come out for a while. You said it might be like a few months before it comes out. Yeah. Right? Lucy, uh, sorry, their, their social media girl who runs their page says that it's going to take Chris, who's like their video editor guy, probably a couple weeks or a couple months because he's super backlogged with all kinds of stuff. Um, so I have no idea when it comes out. But You should tell him to do what we do, which is just not edit. I know. Lop the lop the front off, lop the back off, post her up on the internet. Well, so they used to do it on Instagram Live, and I guess there was like a really bad delay where like somebody would say something and then there'd be like a five second pause and then somebody would yeah. respond, or people would constantly talk over one another. So they had to like really edit it out, and they just started it um, where they actually do it over Zoom and basically just like record the Zoom call. And it's way better and it's like way more natural because it's just like this. It's like I'm not seeing a million people's comments and like so-and-so joined, so-and-so left. The comment, comment, comment. Like it's a lot harder to have conversations with people. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much he has to edit, to be honest with you. There might be like compliance stuff if we accidentally True. said something we're not allowed to say. But like we didn't swear or anything. I mean, it's a big company's podcast, right? They're going to be a little bit more conservative than the yeah. three of us. Right, right. It was funny, though, because I could bash the green suitors and then Sedge couldn't say anything. <laughs> Just have to <laughs> sit there and take it. Yeah, because he's not allowed to like, he, he has to basically when he's the face of Festool, who he has to pretend like he has no other ties to other things, yes. which yeah, I get, right? Sense. Yeah, totally. I get it. I get it. But. Yeah, that'll be coming out soon. But uh, nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, what have you been working on, Zach? Did you start that well, coffee table that we've been talking about for months? Oh yeah, it's done. I actually finished editing the what? video. Yeah, <laughs> it's been done for a while. Um, I've been enjoying it. So I'm in the spot now where I have the video completely edited. Yeah. And but I don't have a sponsor attached to it yet. So I'm kind of doing this I've got thing a couple of, like, of those. Yeah, I'm like, should I post it without the sponsorship or should I wait? Because there's a couple contracts that are like in negotiation. Yeah. 
So I'm like, do I wait a week and then potentially get paid to do the video? Do I just put it out for free? I, I would put it out for free if I had like a set of plans or something to go with it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. As it is right now, I don't. So I'm kind of thinking like I might just hold it for another week and see if I can get a sponsor. But if you're one of my patrons, then you've already seen it. Ooh. Yeah, because it's up on my Patreon. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. So yeah, how long is the video? It's longer. It's 23 minutes without a sponsor integration. And I was pretty brutal in terms of like cutting stuff out. Was, I filmed it over the course of like eight days or nine days or something. So there's a lot to cover. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, with, I don't know. I, you, you'll find a sponsor for sure. Yeah. Well, Especially I, now that you've got Mark. There's like a few things that are like just in flux. We're like waiting on contracts. So I'm right. just going to kind of. I'm just waiting for one of those to land, and then I'm going to go record the thing really quickly. The sponsor's probably going to be like, how do you turn this around so quickly? Because I'm going to like sit, <laughs> sign the contract, go film the integration, put it into the video, and then turn it around all in the same day. And that's what I do. And that's why yeah. like, like I'll talk to, or for everybody who is maybe new, Mark is our agent that Zach and I both use that helps us with all these sponsorship stuff and legal stuff and whatnot. Um, but they like help field all the, all the sponsors for us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they they always get so pumped when they're like, "All right, so like this one's approved. Here's all like the talking points." And I'm like, "All right, I'll get it to you tomorrow." And yeah, they're like yeah. they're like, "We love this. Thank you so much. <laughs> you make our job so easy." I was like, "You make my job easy." Like, it's true. Thanks. True. Yeah. But can you imagine like landing a sponsor and then you're like, "Oh, now I gotta go build a bookshelf or build a coffee well, table." So okay, well this is kind of interesting. So for the people who don't know, there's generally like two paths that a sponsorship can take. Oh, you yeah, can get yeah. an integration, which is usually just like an ad break in the middle of your video. It's, yeah. you know, 30 to 90 seconds. It's, hey, check out Squarespace. Hey, check out... Uh, what's Policy Genius. Policy Genius. Completely unrelated to the rest of the video. It's just like a little thing in and of itself. And then... There's another angle, which I argue should be called an integration, where you will get a product and the sponsor will want to have creative control over the entire video. They will yeah. want their product to be shown or their service or whatever it is and be like a thematic part of the entire video. Right. And those videos, there's no way. You basically have to wait until you have the contract and everything's all signed before you can ever start filming it. Whereas right. an integration, you can just kind of cut and put on top of an existing video or put it into an existing video. You could do what some people do when they're just like, so I was working on this, I was working on this, I was working on this. This video is sponsored by <laughs> Policy Genius. Yeah. And like, yes. that's they literally just land, land the ad read. They're just like, uh, make the video, make the video, 50% mark, drop it in right there. Mid-sentence. A lot of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually seen like a hard I most people try to do like some sort of like little transition. Um, but yeah, I do, but I also like don't think it matters. Because everyone matter skips it anyway. Yeah. Well it's so, interesting. So when you I I would uh, be interesting to see the back end analytics on this. Most people well, I don't even know that most people skip. At least at least fifty percent. Probably in the range of 50% do skip any ad read or something like that. 
But it's not nobody. It's some people do watch it the whole way through. And I guess it depends how you're watching. Like, a lot of the time, I'll watch YouTube videos, and I'll just, like, you know, I'll have my earbuds in, and I'll be, like, cleaning the house. Right. And I have, like, the phone propped up on, like, a table somewhere. I'm just kind of, like, listening to it. So I wouldn't yeah. skip an ad if in that format. But if I'm sitting there at the computer, I'll probably skip through it. If I'm so on my other... computer or phone, I skip. TV? Yeah. No. I'm not TV, no, yeah. Remote. yeah. True. So other than your own ad reads, who has the best integration of ad reads? Oh, okay. I, I know my answer. Do you know oh, your answer? Yeah, Eric? Jason from Bourbon Moth. Those are hilarious. I always want to watch those. But, yeah, that's the best way. To, I would love to see what his retention graphs look like when he gets a sponsorship. Because if they're hilarious and people want to see them, then they're not going to skip them. So, yeah. yeah. Be, I don't know. Who, who, give me one. Give me one. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll know him, but it's an uh, internet historian. It's like comedy oh, videos yeah. about like, yeah. things. That I've seen a couple internet. of them. I don't frequent their stuff, yeah. but I've, I've seen a couple. Yeah, yeah. He does really good, really funny. Same thing. They're funny, so you want to watch them. Right. So, Derek, you brought up a question earlier when we were chatting before we started about yeah. funny ads, right? Yeah. Go ahead and go, tell us about that. Oh, oh, oh. So the... Uh... Um, uh, how do I, how do I approach this? So last week we were talking and, uh, we brought up Festool's Festool Anywhere, where yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got Jason and, um, Wit and all them that are doing ads in different places with their Festool, uh, table saw, I think it was last week. And then this week I saw Jason, uh, from Bourbon Moth, he posted another one. Um, eating spaghetti at a restaurant with his drill. Right. And so I was going to ask, and then you had mentioned last week that um, you were trying to get in on that one. So if if either, if both of you got in on that, what would you do? Where would you do it? What tool would you want to use? So to be honest, I'll be very honest with you. If they would have sent me the brand directive of like, hey, say that you can do it anywhere. I don't think that my natural inclination would have been to jump at doing it in funny places. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. now that I see other people do it, it sparks ideas. So I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to pretend like I would have had a funny idea. Cause that's not where I would have gone with it. Been more pragmatic. I, yeah. I think, so I have this pet peeve in my city of people who lit their yards grow out onto the sidewalk you know you're like walking down the sidewalk and you're dodging people's like oh. overhanging tree branches and stuff like that so i'd say give me the cordless reciprocating saw and i would just go up and down my street and hack away at people's trees and bushes to clear yeah. the sidewalk do it like a like an infomercial like do you hate your neighbors overgrown <laughs> yeah, exactly. things yeah. and then you have to like goes black and white and zach's walking down the street and he's like god my eye <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. then you need Festool's newest recip saw. Cut all of your neighbor's trees down, and they'll never even see you coming. <laughs> and then Zach's just holding it, like, do like a Texas chainsaw thing where you're holding up, going like, bzz, bzz, and then you go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I would love that ad. Yeah. My oh, problem is, like, the ads that I've had recently have been like life insurance, and it's like, yeah, that's not really one you can screw around with because yes. of like legality issues. But yeah. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see. I saw the guys, Jason Grissom was saying in the live chat that he likes what Brad Rodriguez does, where Brad will work mm-hmm. on something and he will put his ad read in yeah. like picture and picture on screen. Yeah. And I like that. And I actually tried to get a couple brands to agree to that. Mm-hmm. But they were like, no, we want it to be like all about the you know thing. I was like, more people will see the ad if you let me put something of relevance going on during the ad yeah. too. And they're like, no, no, it needs to be full screen. I was like, all right, you're lost. People are going to skip it. I bet now though. That. I'm yeah. sorry, Derek, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just agreeing. Yeah, there's a couple guys that do that. I've seen. Who else does that? Uh, um, Bob does it. Yeah, Bob okay. does it. And um, oh, what's his name from Make Stuff or Make Something? Chris? I like to make stuff. Yeah, I, I think don't so. know what his name is. Oh, his, uh, I like to make stuff. I like to make stuff. Dave no, Pachuto. Yeah, yeah, Dave Pachuto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, make something. Make something. Make, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's pretty much just. I feel like a lot of these YouTubers that have been there forever, like Dave Pachuto, only does Squarespace ads because he knows they're so damn easy and they will never decline an ad. Yeah. Like you're well, probably I, not getting the most money in the world, but it's so easy. I had a couple, I think it was Squarespace. I might be speaking out of turn here, but I did a couple ads for them and then they, they did the videos did pretty well and they came back to me and they were like, hey, would you like to do a 12 month term? Uh, they based. so i think a lot of guys will just take that security you know like makes sense you're, you're probably leaving some money on the table but not especially so easy. If you don't have an agent to negotiate things for you it's just so simple you're like okay like i just i know that i'm gonna get x amount of dollars every month for these videos that i do yeah yeah so. yeah hmm. but i so going back to derek's question now that oh, yeah. we've seen funny places Mm-hmm. I guess you already answered it. The recip yeah. saw. Recip saw. I think I would almost lean into, and I, but I don't know if they'd approve this. All right. So people are always like, yeah, you know, saw stops. You, you can't cut hot dogs or something like that. I would do it at like a backyard barbecue where I just put a <laughs> hot dog on there and I just start cutting a million hot dogs and like, and then I would like, you know, grill something up or whatever, maybe use the drill to like s- stir up some mm-hmm, sauce mm-hmm. and something like that and be like, oh, that's good. Yeah, you could do like a table saw. You could do like a you whole cooking cut. show where you made. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Really funny. You got to figure out how to integrate the domino in there too. Maybe get like a, a big pork roast and domino in some holes so you can stick <laughs> yeah. the spices in. <laughs> I would be like funny to, see that to sure. like make an entire meal with power tools like take a loaf of bread and like run it through your table saw and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm going to eat this. What's, what's a blender other than just a drill in a different form factor. That's right. 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 <laughs> mm. Imagine having to clean them up afterwards. That would suck. That would suck. Oh. Sure. I'd, like, that'd be like one of those, like if you had like a contractor table saw, you'd be like, all right, well I'm going to throw yeah. this out, but first I'm going to cut some tomatoes on this. Have you ever seen those videos of the guys who take the contractor saw and they flip it upside down? They basically use it like a circular saw. Oh god! (laughs) Oh my god! Scary. You can go around to different job sites with the Festool cordless table saw and just do do cuts for people. Or they people do like stacks of plywood. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the planer thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll set up on one end and let it ride down. Yeah, true. (laughs) Oh, that is too funny. Hey. Guess what? And because I'm 
the reason it made me think about this is Jason, I think it was Jason or uh, Josh from Freedom Workshop said they're they're dogging me for like never getting in my shop and making something. Mm. Guess what I did this week? Not get in your shop? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's where you thought I was going to go. I actually started working on something new. Ooh, something big? No. Okay, something small. I- yeah, yeah, come on. We remember I told you I made that crazy long media console, which again yeah. people don't think exists. Still waiting for the video on that, but I guess we're waiting a for a sponsor. Uh, what else did I make that was big? Oh, the, the outfeed table, the workbench thing, the laminate yeah. one with the dog. Yeah, yeah. You're probably like, man, that was like eight months ago, and you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but I was oh, like, three. All right, yeah, no more big projects right now. Okay, so one of the projects that pissed people off a lot was the chessboard that I built Yes, on YouTube. The mm. price of the chessboard specifically. Exactly. It was the F off price. Yes. Right. And so I'm going to lean into that and I, and it's also something I actually kind of wanted to do. I'm going to make another chessboard, but just so it's not boring and just wood, I'm going to use the dark squares are going to be walnut. And the light squares are going to be like a marbled, like epoxy. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. so you're going to start with a big... Oh, no. I was going to say, if you start with a big slab of walnut, then you use your CNC to hollow out the pockets where the, uh, the epoxy is going to go. But you don't have a CNC. So how are you No, gonna do and you wouldn't have crisp corners. You'd have rounded corners. That's true, that's true yeah. So He's going with a chisel. Please, Derek. <laughs> You've seen Zach and I. We don't use hand tools. It's too slow. We're not a thousand years old. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is an interesting challenge. And then it made me realize. So milled down the walnut. I haven't mm-hmm. cut it because I always have to wait to like cut all the strips at the same time. So the yeah. squares are the exact same size. Yeah. And I uh, milled down the walnut all ready to go. And I was like, okay, now I'll just like, you know, pour a slab of epoxy mm-hmm. and then wait for that to cure and then they cut it. Dude, I forgot how much I effing hate dealing with epoxy pours. It does kind of suck. There's so much prep and so much waste. And like, uh, it, yeah, it's just, you think it's going to be the easiest thing in the world. It's like, hey, you mix it up in the cup and you pour it. It's not that. It is a whole day of just try to get everything perfectly aligned. Then you got to get rid of all the stuff afterwards. It's a nightmare. And everything is sticky. Everything is sticky. Yeah. Even like, if you wear gloves, somehow your entire arm is sticky afterwards. Right. I'm just like, I hate this. And then what is, you build the mold. Interrupt. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. What is the proper cleanup procedure for epoxy? Because I've tried using soap and water, and that definitely is not the right answer. I think it's acetone. I always feel weird about putting acetone right on my skin. Yeah, I don't know. Mineral spirits, maybe? Maybe isopropyl alcohol? Mineral spirits, isopropyl alcohol, acetone. I don't know. I don't think any of those are like great yeah. for skin contact i mean at the end of the day yeah. it's 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 a chemical right yeah 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 sorry right. c- c- continue i'm so uh, how rude of me to interrupt no 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 that's what this whole show is built on <laughs> <laughs> it's like the green series podcast except this is actually tolerable to listen to mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> um but like no you're like all right i'm gonna pour, pour a slab of epoxy so you're like okay just get some melamine 
and then you know build up a form but you're like well i have to like you what yeah you have to caulk the form you have to find a way to make it airtight yeah liquid tight but then you also have to worry about like i've heard the whole thing where like and i'm no pro with epoxy but they're like oh sometimes it heats up too much and it'll melt the melamine and then you can't get it off so i was like okay well then i have to like wrap it in packing tape Mm-hmm. Or something like that to give it like a you know super slick surface. So I do that, and then you got to like pre-drill because melamine. If you look at it the wrong way, it cracks. Yeah. Then you pre-drill, put all the screws in. Then you got to put like caulk or something. Then you're like, well, damn it! Now I got to wait a whole day for the silicone caulk to dry. Yeah. And then I just started using latex caulk. When oh, I because it, it dries so much faster. Minutes. Yeah, and you, like honestly, you don't need it to be crazy durable or anything like you're just going to use it once and then throw it out right it's good enough yeah. for a bathroom exactly right and so i was like all right i'm gonna get some caulk and then put it in there and i'm like damn it i don't have any caulk so i like go my laundry room is my supply cabinet mm-hmm. um i go into the laundry room and i'm like well i got some of this total boat like thick so which is basically the two-part epoxy that's in like a caulk tube and then when you oh. you push it oh, out sure. it, it like it like it swishes back yes. and forth and mixes it and i was like well yes. i'll just do that it was great set up in like two hours i was ready to rock okay all right i like that and i was like epoxy isn't gonna leak if you if you jam everything up with epoxy and then pour more epoxy over it i was like perfect <laughs> so then i get you know i get i get a one i guess it's a 1.3 gallon kit so you get a one gallon jug and then a, a one third of a gallon jug right because it's a three to one ratio mm-hmm. well they sent me a bunch of like the buckets or whatever and i'm just eyeballing i'm like this looks like a pretty good size bucket don't even bother to read the side of it right mm-hmm. so i pour in all the epoxy in the one gallon jug and then i'm like yep there was no room for the hardener. <laughs> so then I had to like cover it up, run over to Home Depot, get a five gallon bucket, like transfer that over there into this other thing. And now it's like now, now I'm having two things that are sticky and I get like yeah. take gloves off and I've touched a bunch of things and there's mm-hmm. crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you got to sit there and mix it for like 10 minutes. So it's all mixed up. Do you and have one you, of those paddles on the end of your drill? I yes. see some guys use those. Thank God she sent me one of those. Yeah. Because I certainly did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to use a paint stick. Yeah. That's that's what I've done 100% of the time. I've just sat there with not even a paint stick, but just like a scrap of wood from the scrap wood yeah. bin and just yeah. mixing it like some crazy witch. But if you don't mix it well, it's not going to cure right. That's true. Like, they're not kidding when they're like, stir it for five or 10 minutes. You can't just go, like, that's good. You you can't half ass (laughs) it. No. And then I finally pour it all in. And then I was like, oh, I want it to be like marble. So, like, I got to put in some of this like white powder and stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't know how much of this stuff to put in there. So I just put the whole damn package in there. Oh. Was it, was it like the black diamond stuff or whatever? Yeah, it was like the little baggie that looks like the okay. like Parmesan cheese bag that you get from sure, the sure. from the yes. pizza place. Yes. So if I put that in a, like a gallon and a third of epoxy, that seems like a reasonable amount. Some of those dyes are crazy strong. Mm-hmm. Like I have uh, liquid ones from Ecopoxy, and I swear five to ten drops like teeny little drops will make a 
five gallon bucket full of epoxy pitch black. Yeah. But then I had these other cheap ones that I bought off of Amazon and you could squirt the whole little vial in there and it barely changes the color of the epoxy. Yeah. So. I wonder if the, the liquid pigments are different than the powder ones. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. We're definitely no epoxy people. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, you should, if you're planning on doing this again in the future, it might be worth it to invest in like a one of those HDPE forms. I know, just, I yeah. know. I'm too lazy. I, well, I the, truly thought about buying one. The thing is, like, I looked into it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's fifty to eighty bucks or something like that for like a baking sheet sized right. one. But think about your time plus the melamine plus like all the little things to like fill the edges and the packing tape and all those things. It adds up really quickly and you're like, yeah, I should just bought the HDPE form. Right. And it'd be the perfect opportunity to put an affiliate link in there. Very true. Very Ooh, true. It's always about that affiliate link. But so then I pour the epoxy. It's on the form and then I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to keep working on this project. And I'm like, well, damn it. I can't. Now I just have to let it, I have to sit, let it just sit here. Yep. And then even once it's, you know, cured and hard after like a day, it's not actually finished curing. So like mm -hmm. if you, you, you can't really like cut into it. No, you got to leave it for like, I don't know what, three days at least. I, I think this full cure on this one was like seven days or something because it was the really okay. deep pour stuff. So it has like yes. no bubbles and it's like yeah. basically like pouring water. Like it's not thick mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got to wait like a week or so to even <laughs> do a damn thing with it. I hate epoxy, man. Yeah, epoxy's, uh, epoxy's rough. But I do want to ask a question. Okay. Shoot. Once I like, so, you know, I cut it down on my strips or whatever, and then I have to like glue wood epoxy, wood epoxy. Do I use like a quick setting epoxy or like a slow setting epoxy to bind it is going to be really mm -hmm. thin. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid it's going to like seep out of the gaps and yeah. possibly like make the, make them just slide like crazy. <laughs> is there a way that you could organize them all so that they were in the grid? Yeah. yeah. And then you poured like a very thin layer on the backside. Ooh, that's that not a bad maybe? idea. But it, I worry. Cause I'm making it like an inch and a half thick to mm -hmm. give myself tons of room to plane it down. If it's not perfectly level and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I worry that the, uh, what you what's happened to me a couple times is, especially if you use the thinner epoxy, yeah. it will like uh, seep into the pores of the wood, yeah. and you'll get like these like striations in the wood where it's darker, and you can see like the epoxy very clearly seeped in there. Yeah, if that happens, I just won't take any close-ups. It's true. That's always an option. That is always an option as a YouTuber. Bliss. It's not lying. It's just blissful leaving details out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm almost thinking of using that like thick, like thick. So tube of caulk epoxy because it's mm -hmm. so thick. I can just kind of like rub the pieces back together, like yeah. back and forth and then clamp them, clamp them. But what are you going to do with the squeeze out? I guess you could just plane it off after. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. So is your final board going to be 12 inches by 12 inches? It's going to be 12 and three quarters because okay, my so planer goes to 13. That was the entire reason I made it this size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how many squares on a chessboard? Is it 12? Eight so by eight. eight by eight? Okay, yeah, eight by eight. eight. Gotcha. So you can have almost like, you could have an inch and a half square per yeah, I think it's like inch that. and a half or inch so and why a not, quarter with a border or something like that. I don't know. I did the math somewhere. Yeah. So why not just go ahead and glue down all those little squares in your grid form, but leave like maybe two playing cards thickness between each one of them and then pour epoxy oh. to fill in all that and then just plane it off. Oh. And then you have like a little border around each one. You could do like a yeah, that's kind of that's cool. That's not a bad idea, Derek. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be like careful when you set them all. Obviously, you yeah. have to use like hot glue or something. Yeah, or like a little CA glue or something. Fix so. Yeah. Well, yeah, fix it. Yeah, true, true. Hmm. But then you're just planning off the front and back, anyways. Yeah, that's. Uh, Man, that's not a bad idea. That would look, that would look very cool. That'd be or visually use, interesting, wouldn't it? Use really thin strips of wood to go between them, but then you got—I don't know how you would do the crossing with yeah easily. Well, so, you could have. Oh yeah, true. So the way I'd, I typically, or what I did the chessboard last time, is you first cut like strips. So think of like it's like a ruler, right? Yeah. Yeah. You take. A black ruler, a white ruler, a black ruler, mm-hmm. ruler, white ruler. So it looks like your fingers right next to each other, right? You glue that up, let it all get situated. Then you make 90 degree cuts on that. So mm-hmm. now you have strips that are that are varying of colors. And then mm-hmm. stripes. Yeah. Then you flip every other strip. So now the pattern is opposite. Then you glue those back together. So it's one glue up, two glue ups, I suppose. Yeah. So I was thinking about doing that, but using like thick black epoxy for each glue up so that you do get like a teeny like hairline of like yeah. color between them. But I don't yeah. know. That'd be kind of cool. But again, keep in mind, epoxy is a pain in the butt. So yeah, you're going to have another sticky mess on your hands. That's true. That's true. I don't know. And then I, I got like- this other project, the carved um coffee table whenever we get to that one that's oh, going to yeah. be epoxy on top of epoxy on top of epoxy that's going to be a nightmare what's the what's the hold up with that one are you waiting for miranda to yeah whenever she feels like carving yeah get in there and do the carving but it's ready for, for her like i mean i have plenty of other videos so there's no rush it's just whenever yeah. she feels like it so yeah cool yeah. cool hey daddy needs I... to get paid let's get on it <laughs> hey <Hey-o>. work harder <laughs> gonna get me excited call me that there <laughs> oh, oh by the way i i this wasn't well actually say it was planned for me i wanted to derek you deserve a massive shout out for all the oh, work yeah. you're doing dude oh, you yeah. are crushing the, the short term the short content helping promote the podcast and everything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Everybody, if you want to support Derek, become a patron. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Get us to the point that we can pay him. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. Because nice. you're killing it. Like the, and the YouTube shorts are getting tons of views. Yeah. Yeah. More than any of the long form stuff by a significant margin. 
Yeah, yeah. But you're doing a great job, dude. We seriously, yeah. we <laughs> truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so everybody, go check out Derek at Pecan Tree Designs. He's got some oh, cool stuff. <laughs> We're waiting for uh, for you to start going full tilt into the uh, YouTube game, Derek. I do have one video that I am Ooh. almost done with, Ooh. and I'm going to try and get back into that. So Heck okay. yeah, that's coming. There's a tease oh. for you. I'll let you know. What's the does just Pecan Tree Designs as a channel? Yeah. Yeah. Can people go and like get pre-subscribed right now so that they see the video? Oh, it's, it it's already up. I've got I've okay. got old videos on there that I did before, but okay. I'm kind of relaunching myself, I guess. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm on there. Well, everybody listening, Grizzly go check out Planer and Iron Pipe Shells. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was of an era. That was of an era. <laughs> Ooh, that is of an era. So I got a question for you, Derek. After you've heard us and other people talk about youtube what strategies are you trying to implement are you going after shorts are you doing long form only are you ignoring shorts like i'm curious to hear what your what your thoughts are yeah the shorts thing i uh man that's all over the board i know i don't i don't think anybody with long form content has cracked how to use the shorts effectively um but i don't think they hurt posting them up i've heard people say that you know their their viewers don't like seeing them mixed in their feed i think you've mentioned that and um i can understand that but as a viewer that doesn't bother me whenever there's yeah. a short mixed in and really now they've kind of balanced it to where the only time i see shorts now is in the app on my phone i don't see them because mm-hmm. i watch youtube on my tv i don't see them on there really unless i go to oh. shorts and look for them specifically so but I yeah. noticed that I noticed, sorry, I'm a, I'm a, as we talked about this, I'm the guy who goes on YouTube and I click the subscribe subscription tab thing. Yeah. I know <laughs> some, something that people that watch green Sur- or listen to green series podcast would do a bunch of inbred people. But, uh, <laughs> but now they have it all lumped where it'll show you like two or three rows of videos. And then it's like one row that you'd have to scroll like side to side Yes. To look at the shorts. So I can just scroll past it. And like, it doesn't bother me now. I don't care. I would have no yeah. problem if people started blasting shorts th- through my feed now. Cause I, it's just one row. I just scroll by it. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never had anybody complain about shorts. Like none of my viewers have ever complained about shorts to me. Um, and personally, I don't mind them. Cause it seems like, like you're saying, Eric, that the, like the YouTube has it figured out now at this point from a yeah. UI standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So I don't see the harm in it. It's good exposure, you know. It's mm. the the barrier for going viral with shorts seems to be a little bit lower than the barrier Absolutely. for going viral with long form content. Yeah. So is that and kind of where, your strategy, Derek? Uh, I'll definitely use them to uh, try and uh, at first, at the very least, to try and get subscribers up. So yeah, that I can get to that monetization point because that's what's really going to make you. I feel like whenever once you get monetized that's kind of an incentive to keep going. Sure. Oh, whereas sure. yeah. whenever you're not monetized, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if I post now or later, or if at all, and there's no motivation to post yeah. as much. But yeah, yeah when you, I, when you f- get first get monetized and you're making like $75 a month, <laughs> you're like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's something, you know, it's, you're right. It's, yeah. it is incentive. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. Like, 
you know, it's not much now, but it could be if I was doing better. And it just gives you an incentive yeah. to do better. And we both know that if a platform doesn't pay you, it's hard to find the motivation to stick at it for years and years and years. Yeah. Case in I'm definitely Instagram. And so exactly. I say I've definitely felt that on Instagram. Like there's just there hasn't been any motivation to post on Instagram, especially this summer. It feels like there was no reason to post. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't feel like it was worth it. Everything I post isn't. It seemed like before, like May, I was getting more views on things, and then around May, June, things just dropped off, and mm. it went from it went from like thousands of views to hundreds, maybe dozens of views. Yeah, and I don't know what changed. My IG is actually doing fairly well now. I've got like several thousand new followers. I'm like. Getting a lot of views on stuff, but okay. I don't know. Maybe it's coming back, or I just got lucky. Like I'm getting like thirty to a hundred. You got, uh, I guess recently I've got like thirty thousand, sixteen, thirty-two, twenty, twelve, ninety, seven, okay. six, eleven. So like, yeah. I mean, I used to barely crack with like a hundred and something thousand followers on Instagram, like 5,000 views on a reel. So it's like, it's coming back a little bit, but like, yeah, to what accord, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Get paid. Yeah. 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 That's the thing I always come back to. It's like, you can get all the views in the world and it still doesn't really matter. I mean, maybe you might get a brand sponsorship out of it, but I feel like the brand sponsorships on Instagram have dried up to a large degree because, Oh yeah. With this performance-based, uh, you know, kind of algorithmic, I don't know, proliferation of content or whatever, people see ads and they skip them. Like, it's almost impossible to have any sort of good watch duration on an ad. Right. So there's no incentive for advertisers to do, like, Instagram sponsorships. I do. I would take an Instagram sponsorship all day. I don't care about putting out some stupid video and you know getting paid a decent chunk of change like yeah just scroll right by it yeah yeah like but i, I think people scroll right by it and i think advertisers know that and thus the ad spends for instagram have been really curtailed over the last couple of years yeah no i think you're 100 right i think it's it's an overall just i don't know it's like instagram kind of killed their own platform yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, they did it with Facebook before Instagram, right? Hey, That's right. But grandparents yeah. are still using Facebook. <laughs> it's the only reason I'm on there. <laughs> yeah. Your grandma's like, Derek, I want to see what you're doing. I think I see photos of the grandbabies. <laughs> Post pictures of your wood projects. Uh, well, speaking of failures, I had what I'll classify as a catastrophic failure this week. Is this after show content? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's what, and this isn't this. I mean, yeah, this is, this is, I don't know. This is, is you call it a tease. Would that be the technical term for this? I think so. A lead perhaps. Yes, it is a lead, but it's not, it's not a, it's not false. I should say it has, it has some substance behind it. You're and not going to, you're guys, not clickbaiting us. Is what no, 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 I'm not clickbaiting. Like if <laughs> you, know. if you click on the after show, you'll hear what happened. And I think you guys probably can either identify with this, have experienced it 
or can be like, oh my gosh, dude, that sounds like a nightmare. Oh, you know what? I actually had a $1,000 mistake last week that I can share in the after show as well. Two catastrophic failures for the price of one after show. Thousand bucks. Okay. Okay. Well, on, I mean, let's land into the after show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's jump on the spaceship and get to the after show because I want to hear this juicy detail. All right. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And if, uh, if you're not a freeloader, we'll see you at the after show. Sure will. See See you. See you there.